Being a dad isn't always easy, but it's the best thing I ever did. I'm constantly improving myself to be the best dad I can be through fitness, nutrition, mindset, and lifestyle. As fathers, we pass on many things to our children, such as our mindset, our habits, our attitude, and what we've learned along the way. Each of these will shape who our children are and who they will become. The Warrior Dad's mission is to help you become the healthiest version of yourself, to hone your edge, and to live with purpose. My name is Jim Bartomey, and this is the Warrior Dads Podcast. Hey, before we jump into the interview, whether you're a longtime listener or a first-time listener, I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you. I know there's a lot of podcasts out there, and I'm honored that you would choose this to listen to. Uh, in addition to that, thank you. I wanted to ask you two things. If you do like this episode or any of the other episodes you've listened to, could you leave a comment or a review or a rating? That would really mean a lot, and it really helps out the show a lot whether you're listening to it on iTunes or Spotify or Anchor or whatever platform, um, please take 20 to 30 seconds to leave a nice, honest review. And the second thing is that we can continue the conversation on Facebook and continue to connect and support each other over there in the Warrior Dads uh, private group. So um, if you're on Facebook, I'd really appreciate you to just you know click join and connect with other guys that are looking to become stronger, healthier, happier, better leaders, etc. Okay, let's jump into the interview. Hey guys, thanks for tuning back in for another episode of the Warrior Dads podcast. Today I'm honored to bring on Dr. Caleb Redden with me. Uh, Dr. Caleb, otherwise known as Doc Thor, is a highly trained sports medicine physician and is a certified ringside physician for UFC, Bellator, Caged Muscle, and he works with all types of athletes, uh, including everyone from Olympians all the way down to Pee Wees. Uh, Dr. Caleb was recently featured on the NBC TV show Titan Games. He feels his true calling is to be a dad. He has three beautiful children with his wife, Whitney. In his free time, he enjoys lifting weights, spending time outdoors, fishing, hunting, mountain biking, playing sports, and riding motorcycles. Thanks so much, uh, Caleb, for coming on the Warrior Dads podcast. Jim, thank you. It's a pleasure and grateful for the opportunity, man. Excited to chat it up. Yeah, man. I'm really excited. So um, we're going to jump in and talk more about you and your history, and then we'll uh, we'll get into some other stuff, you know, related to the to the show, because there's definitely some questions I have yeah. um, for that. But I've really just, you know, what what got you onto the path that you're on today? I, like, I, I, yeah, I know you went to... Uh, Utah State University, you kind of had these aspirations to be a professional football player, and then you had a back injury. But I'm assuming you were already into fitness and into health at that point. Obviously, you're a, a doctor, doctor of osteopathic medicine. So we'll put you on this path. Yeah, so that's, you know, that's a, a very twisted up path. I mean, I, I came from a very small, very humble origins in a very small town in Wyoming, you know, population 450, and it's real small, very isolated. Wow. Yeah, and the next town was, like, in my county, actually, we live in the least populated county in the least populated state in the lower 48. I think there's probably some smaller populations in Alaska, but there's only 1,200 people in our entire county. And our, we don't have a stoplight in the whole county. I mean, it's a, it's a very isolated small place, very cold and harsh weather, and, and it turns into a tough, to, tough person pretty, pretty quick. you got <laughs> to survive there, but... But anyway, I grew up working, you know, early in life. My first job was when I was eight years old working at the county landfill picking paper. And uh, I've had a job ever since. And I was not really athletically gifted as a youth. I 
was rather overweight, pretty pudgy, and uh, had pretty poor um, diet habits. And I wasn't lazy by any means, but I was just a thick kid that gained weight real easy. I mean, I played offensive line in, you know, in middle school, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, um, and it was pretty heavy, got picked on a lot. But by the time I turned 14, I decided I was done being a victim and I was ready to be the victor in my own story and started working out with my dad. My dad was a big influence for me for fitness. My dad's always been a really fit guy, strong guy, big guy, um, but strong guy. And he said, you know, if you want to do something about it, you can either make a change. You know, you can either do something about it or you can cry and whine about it, be a, a victim the rest of your life. And so started getting up at 0500 that next day, going for runs and going to the gym. Um, and a pretty awesome experience. I'm sure that your son will look back when he, you know, when he thinks about doing jujitsu with his dad, it'll be a very fond memory, something that I cherish with my dad, you know, training weights. Mm-hmm. But we, uh, we went to the gym, started working out, hitting, hitting the weights and started running. And by the end of my freshman year, um, you know, about 18 months, I'd lost about 20 pounds of fat, put on about 10 pounds of muscle. Wow. Um, got a lot, got a lot faster and, uh, it just continued through high school and I got to be a pretty decent athlete. I was a multi-sport all-state athlete. And, uh, yeah, I thought that I wanted to be an engineer. Um, I liked mechanics. I liked working with tools. I had worked in the, at that point was working in the, the oil and gas industry on a drilling rig by the time I was 18 and thought, you know, if I've got this mechanical inclination, maybe I should be an engineer. Went to college my first year at Montana state and promptly dropped out. I was not ready for college yet. I was way too into uh, partying and uh, having fun. The first time I'd, I don't know, it was just a weird experience. First time I'd lived in a big town and had lots of people to be around and I got way too caught up in the party scene and I, my grades suffered. And so I dropped out and I lived in Montana for another year. And then I went and worked for oil and gas industry for another two back in Wyoming. And then I decided that, I didn't want to be a party animal anymore. I wanted to play football, wanted to get back into my life. And so I got in shape, got in touch with the football coaches at Utah State. I was going to come down and be a what they consider a preferred walk-on. So they give you a spot, um, you know, on the practice team, and then you work your way up to the varsity team. And I thought that was going to be great. <laughs> About three months before I went down, I broke my back and had to have surgery and lost like 50 pounds and was just in a real bad spot. Um, you know, I had a lot of problems with the substance abuse. And uh, it was kind of a sad time in my life, but that, you know, I'd already committed to go to Utah State, so I thought, well, I'll see this through. So I went to school. It changed my majors to kinesiology and chemistry. And uh, shortly after moving to Logan, Utah, I met my wife and my oldest son. Uh, She had Carter. He was a year old. And uh, we started dating. And about two years later, we got married. And then a year later, I adopted Carter and we had our, our second son, Titan. And uh, I had cleaned up and started doing really well in school. And, uh, and I was still an athlete. I, I couldn't play football, but I walked onto the cheerleading team at Utah State. So I got a full-ride scholarship for cheerleading. And, uh, you know, was a, still working. I was a bouncer, a doorman, and, uh, and a dad, and drove truck. I still worked construction. And then on my summer breaks and winter breaks, I'd go back home to the oil field and work on drilling rigs. And then when I when I graduated, even with your yeah, back, you still were on the drilling. Yeah, it didn't it didn't slow me down. I had surgery and stuff, but I thought, yeah, it's just like every other injury I've had. I'd had the knee surgery at that point too, and so I just figured it was pain was something I was going to deal with. And 
still working. Now, when you say broke your back, what, what is that? Fractured, like, uh, what did... yeah, fractured L5, uh, pars, had a pars okay. defect and, uh, and, uh, ruptured a disc and had to have a discectomy and a laminectomy. So that was a Jeez. kind of a rough one. Um, and that injury happened on the field? No, I was getting ready. I was training. I was getting ready for, uh, getting ready for spring ball and was doing a deadlift and I was just warming up. Like I was just warming up. I have a transitional anatomy, so I have a, I have an extra vertebrae in my back. About 25% of Americans do. It's pretty common, but it can predispose you to lower back injuries. And I was just warming up on a deadlift, wasn't paying attention and it cracked and it blew out. Simple as that. No big story. Nothing cool behind it. <laughs> <laughs> no, like famous head no, or anything like I that. Wish, State. I was like climbing wow. Mount Everest and tumbled or wish something cool like that, but it wasn't. <laughs> but it, it helped me learn a lot of perspective in life. It threw me down a path of, you know, of, of maybe what some would consider failure. I got, didn't get to play football and, you know, I ended up as a cheerleader, which is still great, but it wasn't like my dream. And then, um, you know, it's hurt ever since. And I've had a second surgery on it since then. I had another surgery about six years ago. I had something else fall apart that I had to get fixed. But I've had, I've had a lot of injuries. I've had four knee surgeries, two shoulder surgeries, and, you know, two back surgeries and a hip surgery. And each time it's just a, another setback in the road. Adversity leads to opportunity, I think, more than anything, if you're willing to, if you have that perspective. But um, after college, I, I ended up, it was right towards the recession there. And I, you know, I didn't know what to do. And I still hadn't decided what I wanted to do after college. And so I went back to work in the oil field for a year when I was applying to medical school. And uh, thankfully, was able to get in at Pacific Northwest University, which is a DO school in Washington. And at that point, we had all three of our kids. And my wife was like, well, let's do it. So we moved from Logan, Utah to Washington, and, and then that was it. So med school, then residency, then fellowship, and now practice. But long story, definitely nice. a non-traditional story. Like nobody who goes to medical school on their resume doesn't say uh, roused about on a drilling rig. Like That's not one that they see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I, I think it's an important story to hear, though, because, I mean, you think of just everything that you went through, and I know you just crammed all that into like five minutes probably, yeah. um, you know, without actually looking at the time. But you know, working on a landfill at eight years old and, you know, started working at 14 with your dad and all these kinds of things, drill, drilling rig and breaking your back in school. And you said you had a little bit of uh, addiction in there and substance, mm -hmm. uh, substance abuse. And it's just like, man, it's just like, wow, look at, and look at what you came to, you know, you wanted to be a football player and now you're helping kids all the way from kids, all the way up to Olympians and athletes um, with their injuries. But you've had so many of your own that, it's like, all right, well, you can you can sympathize and empathize, and and you're still an athlete mm -hmm. too. I mean, yep, it's not it's not holding you down, and you know you just look at so many people. I mean, I can't believe having four knee surgeries. I dislocated my knee um, almost a year ago now in jujitsu, and that was I was like, oh my god, is my knee ever going to be the same <laughs> again? And here you are with four <laughs> knee surgeries. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, they don't get any easier. So, <laughs> Yeah, I bet, you know, but it's just the fact that you're not letting it hold you back and that you're still doing things and, you know, we'll get into it in a little bit, but you went on to, you know, uh, compete in the Titan games on, you know, on television, but those, uh, obstacles are no small feat. Yeah, and no, the things that, was... that you had to do were no small yeah. feat. And it's just like, it's really impressive that you're, that you're doing that. So before we get into that though, um, 
you know, when I was looking into you, of course, after we watched uh, watched the episode with you, I was like, wow, this, this guy, I got to get this guy on the, the Warrior Dads podcast and see if he'll come on. But I started looking at your Instagram account and I see you guys do so many awesome things as a family. Oh. Yeah, you good, sir. <laughs> I was just moving some stuff around. No, that's all right. Um, you guys do so many awesome things as a family. And I read before that you said that hunting and fishing has done wonders for you in your life. And I just wanted you to talk a little bit about that. It's like, what has fishing and hunting given you? And I know it's given you time with your kids. I don't know if they hunt with you, but I know they fish Mm -hmm. with you, but what is hunting and fishing to you and your family? I think that it's a, it's one of those things that probably just stemmed from my upbringing and being with my pops. So my dad, uh, you know, as long as I can remember, I've been hunting and fishing with my dad. I mean, I've got pictures of my dad taking me bird hunting when I was like four you know, and so like always being in the mountains with my dad, always hunting with my dad, just was something I always wanted to do with my kids and fishing. To me, being in the mountains, being on the river, being in the lake, like that's kind of the only time where I feel being, I, I think, I think it's the only place I can feel no sense of time. I don't really have any worries or stress. Like I can be on the river fishing and time can pass and I don't even I don't even recognize that I've lost four hours, you know, like I've been standing in this water for four hours, but I couldn't tell you when the last time I checked the clock or looked at anything, you know, like it's just one of those things where I'm able to time passes peacefully for me. And when I'm with my kids, like, you know, there's no better feeling for me than watching those kids smile when they hook on a fish. Like, even if it's a tiny little fish, it doesn't matter if it's big or small, like just the, the pure joy and excitement that they experience is just, second to none and they have gone on lots of hunting trips with me and um you know that's a little harder because the weather's always a lot worse a lot colder and stuff so they they like hunting but they like you know being just out riding motorcycles and four-wheelers and dirt bikes and and uh you know down you know mountain bikes and things like that and and then we'll bring our bows like we we all shoot bows and so we'll bring our bows and stuff and yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things. It's almost like a spiritual experience for me to be out in the mountains and be in, in the rivers and the lakes because it's being able to appreciate, you know, I'm a, I'm a very spiritual person, very religious person, and I think I'm closest to God when I'm in his creations with my family. It's just a very special, very grounding experience for me every time I go. And it doesn't matter if I'm in a city pond or if I'm, you know, at 12,000 feet elevation on a mountain, glacier, lake, it's the same feeling. So just that peaceful feeling, I think, and grounding. That's awesome, man. When do you, you know, I, I, I know there's people that are out there probably thinking like, yeah, that sounds amazing. You know, I, obviously you're very busy. Uh, you were able to fit this in your schedule, but you were telling me before we kind of came on that it's going to be one of those like, you know, really long days for you, 14 you know, for 12, 14 hours or something mm-hmm. like that. But we all have 24 hours in a day. How do you make that time? How do you set aside that time to spend that kind of time with your family? Cause you're not just going outside and having a catch, right? You're not just getting on your bikes and just going for a ride around the neighborhood. Yeah. You know, you're, you're going yeah. out, you know, you're driving, there's set up, there's clean, yeah. right. From going on a, you know, to hiking wherever you're going to go uh, hunting at mm-hmm. or fishing and stuff like that. So it's not like you're just going out, coming back, and then taking your shoes right. off. You know, no. You, how do you make? How do you make that? Time? You're right, man. You're right. We only have 24 hours in a day. Everybody has the same 24, and how you choose to spend it 
you know, is the, is the most pivotal choice you'll make during that 24 is, you know, time is the most valuable commodity we have. There's no exchanges, no refunds. You know, you can't buy, sell, or trade anymore to, you know, to get any more of it. And then we have a finite amount. You clock out. When you're clocked out, that's it. You know, so I learned about, oh, probably first year of med school. Because med school for me was rough. I mean, I for four years, I didn't see my family. Missed my daughter's walking, you know, her first steps. Um, never made it to birthdays. Like, I just, it was just insane. It was crazy how busy I was. I thought, you know, I'm never going to, I'm never going to live my life like that again. I'm always going to make time for my family. And, uh, and that just means I have to sacrifice time in other ways. And so for me, what I've learned is that I can sacrifice sleep, my body. And I, this is not physician recommended now. This is not doctor recommended, but, (laughs) but I sleep four hours, five hours a day at most. Um, usually four hours on a day off because I'm getting up earlier to get more things done or staying up later to, uh, to clean up. Right. So if we have two uh-huh. days off in a row, which, you know, now when in my practice, I'm able to get two days off in a row much more often during residency, medical school and fellowship, that was very rare, but I, I would basically work like a, you know, in residency and med school, I'd work a 24 hour shift and get off at, uh, you know, 11 in the morning or something like that and be like, well, we've got the next 16 hours before I have to go back. Let's go play. So we would load up and I got really efficient about loading and unloading. And I would try to nap while my wife drove to the mountains and then I'd unload us and get us packed and ready to go. And we'd play all day and then pack up and go home that night and be ready for work the next day. Like it was really common for me to stay awake for 32, 36, 38, 40 hours straight and just keep working. Um, you know, a lot of caffeine keeping me rolling and, and, uh, a lot of, uh, nervous energy, but those were the sacrifices I made to be able to make the memories with my kids and my wife. And now that I have a little more time, it's so much easier. It seems like, man, if I've got two days off in a row, like, God, you know, it's easy now, like now, because I've gone through that. Um, but it's something that I've just committed to. And I, I sacrifice a lot of other things, right? So I don't, I, I sacrifice my sleep. I don't sleep very much and I don't do really anything else. I don't watch TV. I don't watch Netflix. I don't, I mean, here I am, I'm on TV, right. And I, I'm on the NBC Titan <laughs> yeah, game, right. I, I don't watch TV. Um, I rarely go, I rarely go out to dinner. Um, I don't golf. I don't do anything by myself, um, except lift weights. I lift weights every single day. And, uh, and the rest of the time I spend with my family, with my kids and wife doing something fun, either something that they want to do or we're out in the mountains or whatever. But I just, my day, my day is filled with 15 minute increments. I basically schedule my entire day with 15 minute increments with three backup plans. So if something falls through, I've got something else ready to go. I don't have to think about what I'm going to do with these 15 minutes. And in doing that, I've become incredibly efficient at, at, uh, getting a lot done in the, in that 24 hour period. So I would say planning out your day, having backup plans, and then being efficient with your time allows you and affords you the opportunity to do more with your time than you would prior, you know, prior done. I mean, I I'm down to the point where I meal prep the same way every Sunday prep all my meals. So I don't have to cook anything all week. Um, I set out my clothes for the week. I set out my gym workout clothes for the week. I mean, I have my supplements ready to go for the week. Um, you know, my schedule is basically ironed out two weeks at a time with pretty much 15 minute increments all day, even on like my days off. Um, 
and I'm spontaneous. Like I'm, I'm not rigid or strict by any means like that. Like I just, I just have a plan. And if like, okay, this, you know, last night I had a plan to catch up on a bunch of emails, but I ended up getting a bad headache. And so I, you know, I was like, well, that's not going to work. So I just, you know, blew it off and spent the time laying on the ground <laughs> moaning in pain. But, but, uh, <laughs> you know, so I'm okay. Yeah. Like there's going to be audibles. Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Famous last words from Mike Tyson, but. But I think having a plan is important and trying to execute that allows you to do the things that you want to do with your life. So if you're someone who wants to golf with your family, like make the time by, you know, getting up a little bit earlier or staying up a little bit later, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think having a plan is, is definitely important because then you're trying to fit you're trying to fit things in and it's more chaotic trying to figure out like you're saying you have a plan A, plan B and even plan C, it sounds like. And otherwise you know, when life happens, people are like, well, what do I do now? Or they feel like they're scrambling instead of just going right into the next plan of attack. Yep. Uh, I think that's good. Yeah. I mean, coronavirus, perfect example of that, right? Like people got thrown way off and people who have never had any adversity in life were, were like struggling so bad. Like, I don't know what to do with my life. You know, like everything's turned upside down and at our house, it was definitely strange and weird and different, but we just kind of were like, all right, well, plan C, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just, you know, I've talked about this before with some other people about coronavirus, just really about adapting. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, well, can you adapt? How well can you overcome? Mm-hmm. And, you know, just think like, all right, well, we just got to, we just got to shift. We got to maneuver, flank this 100%. way, <laughs> you know? So, um, that's awesome. I, I and I like that, uh, so, I mean, basically the big takeaway I think is it's your mindset. You know, how do you spend that time? How do you spend that much time with your family? It's your mindset. It's prioritizing yeah. and it's sacrificing a couple of things. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you know, you're, you're sacri- you don't watch TV, you don't play golf. You don't really have any other extracurricular activities besides, um, you know, besides, uh, weight training. So that's awesome. I love that. Um, all right. So just watching our time, uh, I want to start getting into your time on the Titans. Yeah. How how was that? It was man? exciting. I, mean, how, <laughs> I, I I think I read that they reached out to you. Yeah. Because of the the work that you do with bodybuilding dot com and and just your name in the industry, they reached out to you and said, "How would you like to be on the show?" Yeah, I think they actually have. And this is for anyone who wants to do a, a reality show or a TV show. They have headhunters, right? So they're they're looking for people all the time, and they they find you in all kinds of different ways. But one of their headhunters reached out to me and said, "Hey, you know, we've got this show. Have you heard of Dwayne Johnson?" I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Like, right? <laughs> yeah, I've heard of Dwayne Johnson. Like, we got this show. Would you be willing to do it? And I was like, "Yeah, it sounds like something that my family." You know, my first thought was like, "Oh, my kids would love that." You know, because they love American Ninja Warrior, but they're always like, "Dad, you're a little too big for a Ninja Warrior." I don't think you're gonna really hit that stuff, pops. So I was like, "I was like, yeah, <laughs> brutally yeah, honest." No, they're brutally honest. <laughs> but I was like, "Yeah, I'd love nice. to try that out." So um, once I said yes, then it took, and then I was in the same same boat as everybody else. I had to do a background check and then the application and this huge write up and do tons of phone interviews. And, and it was, it was a crazy process. And then once I made it through their team, like Dwayne Johnson's team basically reviews everybody's applications and they handpick about 60 of us to go down to LA for a combine. So like you have to go and compete against everybody else to get a spot on the show. 
and it's like a NFL combine. So they'll do like, you know, max deadlift, VO2 max, 40 yard dash, vertical jump, pull up competition, push up competitions, shuttle runs, and then lots of acrobatic things. They have to make sure that you can do the, have to make sure that you can actually do the things that they're going to ask you to do. Acrobatic. Yeah, like hang, we had to hang from these rings and swing because, like, some of the events that they have you do are very, you know, very like aerial acrobatic. So, you know, there were a lot of people there that just couldn't do that, didn't have the body awareness to be able to move through the air and complete the tasks. So wow. it was pretty tough. But yeah, that was a that was a pretty rough experience. That combine wrecked me. I thought I was in pretty good shape, but I was hurting after that one. So you have to be able to deadlift a certain amount, bench press a certain mm-hmm. amount, or is this like based on body no, weight? No, it's or? all that's not based on body weight. It's everybody against everybody. Wow. So what is what are some of the standards, if you remember? They didn't tell us. They just were like, do your max and uh do your best. Oh, okay. Like do your best on all this stuff. So I have no idea. Like I think I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that everybody who was there deadlifted over 405 or 450 i mean i don't think i saw anybody who had less than four 405 on there um and i i don't know as far as like the the 40 yard dashes like what the minimums were the vo2 max the minimums were like i don't know what the numbers were but yeah, i know where mine were but uh not sure where everybody else's was yeah what's what's your max for the deadlift um just under 600 nice yeah not as good. Like my bench is definitely more, I mean, I'm built more for bench. I have short arms and uh, long legs. So deadlift isn't my best squats, not my best right. knee surgeries and back surgeries, but, um, my bench, I've had benched 500 before, not, 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 not for a couple of years, but I've been up the 500 mark twice in my life. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I, 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 was a spotter at a bench meet one time because my dad's friend owns a gym in uh, Philadelphia where I grew up. And I saw this guy, you know, he laid down on the bench, you know, short guy, probably like five, seven, five, eight. And with a rolled up white t-shirt on, (laughs) no like bench shirt or anything like that. Gets 525 on the bar, just pulls it down to his chest. They say, they say press. He just like nothing and just racks it. I'm like, damn, yeah. that was, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm 18, 18 years old or whatever. I'm like, that's the most powerful thing besides watching Hulk on TV right. that I've ever seen in real life. Yeah. You know? So that's funny, man. Back in the East coast, there's some big name powerlifters back in the day. Like they're, they're all over the place now. Right. But gosh, I remember watching, I remember watching powerlifting meets and reading about powerlifting meets in Philadelphia and, and Pittsburgh and, you know, back east and all these big gyms, Ohio and stuff like that, and guys that were benching over 500 pounds. I was in the same boat. Man. I remember thinking, "Gosh, if I could, if I could be a hero, the guy right there, the dude that can bench that much." You know. Hmm. So, I mean, your training that you did that you that you typically do is it more? I mean, you're a big guy. You do a lot of bodybuilding stuff. I mean, but you looked really functional on the show so how did did you prepare for that and start doing more functional stuff or you've always incorporated in that because like i've seen some big guys on there that didn't get as far as you did yeah they didn't they don't move as fast move as well i think yeah like they're just not you know they're just super jacked up and super strong which is definitely good for some of the events but then you got to have that agility and that functionality too so what you know and, and plus being in the industry of a sports medicine physician what do you you know, how did you train for that or what's your training like to prepare for something like that? 
Yeah, it just became a lot more athletically. It became a lot more athletically um, driven. Hang on one second. So I think a lot of times people just get in a very unidirectional training modality, right? So they just lift or they just run or they do a little bit of both, but neither very well. And I think a big thing for me was I kind of reverted back towards football, like more athletic training. So I was doing two-a-day workouts. The first would be early morning. I would be running and doing agility. So I worked out in a sports complex where I was doing, you know, shuttle runs and vertical jumps and working on speed, agility, proprioceptive awareness, body awareness, hanging stuff, like tons of body weight workouts, like pull-ups and push-ups and funny different One second, let's start my truck real fast. I might lose you if you're uh, switching from Wi-Fi to towers, but we could always pick it up. Still there? You there? Yeah, I still yep, got I'm here. Okay, let me change this to... Uh... Can you still hear me all right? Yeah, still good. So, yeah, so I, I went from being in the mornings very athletically driven training, and then in the afternoons I was training bodybuilding still so that I didn't lose any size, and I just basically maintained my strength but improved my agility and my speed, and that that's something that really benefited me on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw you got – I mean, you got – kind of tore up a little bit on the show too i know you you tore your lat you uh, now hearing that you had four knee surgeries i know you smacked your knee while you were doing chain link and you said you had a hematoma and your knee swelled up and i mean that's that's kind of crazy and then you still have to power through (laughs) and go to mount olympus right i mean that's just like it was man it sucked it hurt and i wasn't you did mount olympus with a torn lat yeah yeah, that was not fun. Jeez, I ended up having a bunch of bruising all through my armpit and all through my, you know, back of my arm and my chest. And yeah, it was pretty nasty. And my knee got, I got, I had to post a picture of that because my, my knee was, I had the uh, hematoma on the inside of my knee, the size of a baseball and it hurt so bad. But I mean, I knew what it was. I knew what had happened. I knew there was nothing that it didn't need to take me out of the competition. It was just play through pain. But, uh, yeah, and I wasn't the only one that got hurt. I mean, everybody got hurt. They don't show it, right? They don't have – they don't really focus on that. But there were a lot of injuries. I mean, I I was uh, reducing fractures and and uh, t- dealing with people's lacerations and trying to doctor them up at night in the hotel so that we could keep playing, keep fighting the next day. <laughs> so it was good that they brought a doctor on. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> to, funny. I, to help the other people. I'd get a phone call. Like it, we'd get back to the hotel. It's usually around 10, 30, 11. And by 11, 30, I'd start getting phone calls. Like, hey, Doc. Hey, Doc. Like, All right, man. I'll, I'll meet you in the lobby. <laughs> they pay you for that? No. <laughs> With smiles and smiles no. and handshakes. Right, right, right. Go invite you to his house for a thank you. Yeah. How was it, meet, how was it meeting the Rock? I mean, that guy's class A. He is awesome. He's huge. He has a big personality to match his size. He's really funny. I mean, he's really down to earth. And he's just, he's the type of guy that you would expect from his 
his persona on TV and Instagram, social media, whatnot. Like he is that guy. I mean, he sat and chopped it up yeah. with me a couple of different times and it just, I mean, he treats you like a friend and as long as you treat him like a friend, I mean, I saw, I saw the people that idolized him a little too much and like they, they're too starstruck and all they cared about was getting a picture with him and getting an autograph from him. And he's not very genuine with those people because he realizes that he's just an object to them. You know, he's just a star yeah. to them. But the people who didn't give a shit about that, that just kind of treated him like a buddy, uh, he's definitely uh, opens up and he's just a really, really cool cat, man. I He'd lost his dad. Like, he, his dad had just passed away right before that. So we sat and talked about that for a while. Um, you know, just really like a human being, just like the rest of us, just bleeds red, just like you and me. Yeah. No, I, I, he does seem like a very genuine guy. And, you know, I've, I've been blessed to have some... Um, popular or famous people on the podcast and you're right man it's just i was actually just having this conversation uh with one of my guests the other day and uh we're, we're all we're all the same yeah. you know at the end of the day we're all we're all brothers and sisters of god and you know one might be a little bit more well known than others but at the end of the day we, we all have our struggles we all have things that we deal with and it's it's cool it's cool to see that because people you know like those other people you're talking about they're really starstruck and they're just putting them up on this pedestal and that's fair to a degree but you still have to treat him like a human being because he is and it's it's nice to hear that someone in his position is 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 genuine like that because he definitely comes across as that as that way and i've actually yeah. known a couple of the people that have met him and they said the exact same thing and um i'd actually love to get him on you know, to get him on the podcast because he's, yeah. you know, he is a dad. And I, I did know about him losing his dad because I do follow him on Instagram. Not, not that I'm a Instagram snob because I, I have a hard time keeping up with social media. <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah, it's cool. So, you know, I, I really I think it's worth, you know, talking about character and talking about being genuine. I thought I think it's really worth mentioning and maybe for anyone that, that hasn't watched your episode, because um, I've actually, you know, just I love I love the show and. Um, I've, I've mentioned that you, you, know, you guys, you watch the Titan games and they're like, no, I was like, dude, it's a great show. You got to watch it, get you all pumped up and, you know, yeah. a lot of inspiring stories on there and stuff like that. So, I mean, just, just being in the, the health and fitness world, I love, I just love watching it. Um, but I love how you cheered on your one competitor, Mike, when he was doing, I think it's called chain link. Yeah. And you know, he's, you went up against this opera singer guy who was really strong just for like a quick recap for people. And he's going across these chains and dude, you plowed across those chains. I was like, you know, for a guy your size and you're just like, boom, 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 traversing across. But when you got down, obviously you beat him, spoiler alert, but you, you just cheered him on. You're like, come on, finish. And you're showing, you know, you're telling him, put your, put your feet in the chains and hold on. And I was just like, wow, that's, that shows, um, a lot about your character and your sportsmanship. So I just wanted to, you know, tip the hat to you for doing that. That was really nice. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, that, that was just like, I feel like that's just what you do. I mean, you got to be graceful. You got to be graceful and respectful in both victory and defeat. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I've had, <laughs> it probably comes from having my ass kicked just as many times as I've won, but I felt like I want people to succeed. I want them to do well in life. And all the people that the, the rock brought to that show are high caliber people. And I want them all to do their best, you know, and 
I was cheering on everybody. And, and it was really hard because it's a competition. Like you're, you're there to compete against these people, but you have a lot of respect and you feel like you're on the same team. So you feel like you're going out right. and racing against your brother and your sister, you know, but like same time. Whereas normally you try to put them in the enemy slot and just right. go, just go, you know, real hardcore on them. But yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. So that was, that was probably the hardest part for me was trying to turn that off. Cause my job, my life revolves around helping people improve, you know, and helping them achieve greatness. Like that's, I mean, I'm a life coach all day long. Like that's, that's what my job is all about. And so it's hard to shut that off. And I think that, I'm glad that NBC showed that because I think that truthfully that that is something that sports lacks, unfortunately, is sportsmanship, you know, and yeah, yeah, it's okay to do the end zone dance and to gloat and, and be proud of your accomplishments. But at the same time, you know, when respect has been earned, it should be reciprocated. And I, I that guy had my respect. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think I thought it was nice that NBC showed the, the closeness that you have and the relationship that you have with your family. Yeah. Um, that, that was, I was grateful for that too. Cause that was a big reason. Cause that was really that. cool. That was like uh that was a tearjerker, man. You know, seeing your, your son Titan meet the rock and just the things that were said. And um, that was really nice what, what they did and, and that they actually showed it in the, you know, because I'm sure there's hours and hours of stuff that they can edit and take out yep. and like, Oh, I wish they put that in there. But that was so nice that they did that because it's so important to you too. I mean, you, You've even said, I think, even in your intro, I was like, the best thing in life is being a daddy. Yeah. And um, I, I thought that was great that they did that. Yeah, I think that. And I and I understand you. Uh, you know, go ahead. Go you ahead. ahead. You go for it. Finish. No, no, no. I want you to finish that because it's completely separate. Oh, I was just gonna say, like my uh, my whole reason for doing that was for my kids. They they kept asking me, you know, like, what are you, like, why are you doing this, or like, what do you want it to be, and you know, how are you, how's this gonna benefit you, and blah blah blah. And I was like, listen, it ain't about me. Like I'm here for one reason, one reason only. And like, that's for my kids. And, and yeah, man, it was just a great experience for them. They, they, they had the time of their lives. Like there was one point where my son and I, we had a one afternoon off. And so we went to the aquarium in Georgia and Atlanta. That's where we were filming. And my son got tight and got to go down and be a, a dolphin trainer. And, uh, you know, it was, we were just sitting there in the crowd of my 14 year old. Now he's 15, but my son, my oldest son was like, dad, this is the greatest day of my life. Like, this is the greatest experience of my life. And I just burst into tears. Like, just <laughs> just lost it. Because, you know, I looked at my wife and I was like, man, all the sacrifice, all the sacrifice, like becoming a doctor and being able to afford this opportunity. Because I that all came out of my pocket. Like, flying out there, staying in the hotel for three weeks. Like, that all came out of our pockets. So being able to afford to fly my family out there because of my, my position and my job, that was a blessing. The sacrifice to get there was worth it. The sacrifice to keep my body in shape and to still be, uh, you know, a relative speaking, a relative badass, still be able to compete on this level. All the sacrifice was worth it. You know, getting banged up and beat up and thrashed on these courses so that my kids could meet Dwayne Johnson and, and, and meet these people and be in Georgia for this experience, like all that sacrifice was worth it. Like it was just, it was just one of those super emotional experiences. And, you know, teenagers don't, ex- teenagers don't express their feelings that often. Like when a kid tells you it's the best day of his life, like that's a big deal, you know? Absolutely. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, you're talking about like being, being a badass. How did you get the, before we go on to the 10 questions, because I know we got to watch our time. we got to 
a little less than 10 minutes here because um, you have a client. But yeah. how did you get the name Doc Thor? Because the, the episode that you were on was actually The Rock or, or maybe Dwayne Johnson. I forget how they word it, but it's like meets Doc Thor. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So how did you get that name? Oh, man, it's just like been for years, like probably my first or second year of med school. It was when, uh, you know, Iron Man and Thor movies were coming out and Chris Hemsworth yeah. was kind of hitting the scene and everybody was like, dude, you're a doctor. Like, you look like Thor. Like, you don't look like a doctor. I've never seen a doctor look with arms like that, you know. And so it, <laughs> it basically just more more from you're a doctor, you look like Thor to being like, yeah, I'm Doc Thor. Like, so one of my patients actually gave me that name one day. They were like, sup, Doc Thor? And I was like, hey, that's catchy. And it pretty much, it just stuck. Like, there were, all through residency, I mean, I didn't have a badge in residency that they made for me that said Doc Thor on it. Like, it's just just one of those things that just stuck. That's awesome. Hopefully you still have that badge. I do, yeah, I kept it. Nice. And I heard you're, uh, I heard you're uh, a Bear Grylls fan because yeah. you said you used his uh, traversing technique when you were going up the pole in the one yeah. uh, in the one obstacle when you came back for the like, I don't know what they call it, the regionals or whatever you came back uh, to, to recompete against those other three uh, those other two guys and uh, I, I love watching man versus wild me and my son watch it a lot and uh, I'm a huge bear girls fan another person I'm trying to I'd love to have on the podcast and uh, so I was it was funny to hear that you watch man versus wild and not surprising being out in the in the wilderness and loving hunting and fishing and being outdoors right yep yep yeah i uh yeah. If, I, if i do have a second to sit and watch tv with the fam like if i if we carve out some time to do that it's definitely like a bear grills that's that's one thing i do like watching is, is that guy and the cool thing is like you can stream it at any time right it's like it'd be like super late or super early or whatever and you can throw that on and yeah i think bear grills is a stand-up jet I'd love to meet yeah. that guy someday too. He's pretty cool. Yeah, he is. Um, I, I even love watching them over and over again because you could learn something new every single time, you know, yeah. unless you're an expert. Yeah, for sure. Well, Doc, uh, as I end every episode, um, I want to ask you 10 questions, and those 10 questions are inspired by James Lipton uh, and Bernard Pivot. So you ready to go? You bet. All right, man. Uh, number one. Who's your hero? Um, my wife. <laughs> what excites you? Adrenaline. <laughs> Artificial or natural? <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. I think probably either. Like, adrenaline gets me going, man. Like, I love going fast. I love going, you know, skiing, snowboarding, mountain biking, dirt biking, riding Harleys. I mean, adrenaline on the bench when I'm bench pressing, like knowing that this could end my life if I mess this up. Or that, yeah. that that adrenaline, that spark, that gets me fired up. Like, I love that feeling. Nice. What turns you off? Um, disingenuine people and hate and, like, hate. I can't stand hate and I can't stand bullies. Like, those are things that instantly fire me up, like, and, and just get me upset like not fire me up in a good way right like people who have yeah. who have one-sided minds who are disgenuine disgenuine and uh are mean like i that fires me up bad yeah what's your favorite sound the river <laughs> just the river i love the river the sound of just the river kind of you know ripping along 
and then uh, my my kids laughs like that that sound those kids laughing is probably the best sound ever. Mm-hmm. What is your least favorite sound? Hmm. Least favorite sound. I don't know if I've ever thought about that least favorite sound. Um, whining. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite quote or saying? There's no substitute for strength and no excuse for lack of it. Nice. I actually knew that. Or, or actually, I was I was wondering if you were going to say that because I saw that that was your favorite quote online, yep. uh, coincidentally. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if he's going to say that. Yep. Um, in a few words, what should a dad be? Loving and kind and... I think those are two huge things that dads need to hear that being loving and kind is important and being, uh, you know, being vulnerable, I think is important, like, and imperfect. Nobody's perfect. Like it's okay to be flawed. It's okay to be faulted, but loving and kind and imperfect. And then you got to make sure that on the back end that you're, that you're strong and powerful too. Right? Like, so, I mean, you got to be the one to protect, I think, in my opinion. you got to be the one to protect your family against all foes. And that also means you. Like, you're the one that needs to protect your family from you sometimes, right? So, like, if you get angry, you got to calm down. If you get upset, you got to calm down. Like, don't ever, don't ever say or do anything that's going to hurt your family. You know, like, because words cut. Words cut deep, and your kids and wife look up to you. And as the patriarch of the home, like, you gotta be, you got to be kind patient like these are all things i'm saying out loud realizing that i need work on all these things just as much as anybody like i these are things i think a dad needs to be because these are things that i'm probably i i short you know i fall short of the mark so i need more help with but those are all things that kind of come to mind up front that's awesome i love that and that realization you just had too yeah man. Um, it, in a few words what should a dad not be hmm yeah, perfect. You can't be perfect. Like, no, no dad is perfect. Um, yeah. And absent. I think no yeah. dad should be absent. If you're going to be a dad, the father, the term father or dad has a little, uh, I think it has a lot less to do with DNA and genetics and it has a lot more to do with intention. So, so be present, you know, don't be absent. If you're going to be a dad, be around. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Uh, if you could try any other profession, what would it be? Um, you know, I've thought about that a lot. <laughs> I, uh, I think that um, being a personal trainer or an athletic trainer would be a fun job. Um, you know, get like a PhD or in, uh, in uh, exercise physiology. I, I think that would be a really, really fun job to be basically like doing tests on athletes like that all the time. But uh, I also think it'd be a lot of fun to be a professional fisherman. I mean, I know there's guys that get paid to fish and that would be a, that'd be a pretty yeah. fun job. And finally, what would you like to be remembered for? I think just a good person. That's all it needs to be. Nice. Well said. 
Doc, tell everybody where they can find out a little bit more about you. Of course, they can tune in and watch you uh, on uh, NBC Titan Games. But if they want to find out more about you or follow you online, where can they do that? Sure. So I have an Instagram account. It's um, MuscleDoc underscore KR. And I, I think that's pretty much the only outlet I have on social media. I've, I don't really check it, anything else. I don't have time for anything else. But uh, that and then the Titan Games and all the rest of the Titan Athletes. Uh, but I do a lot of stuff with cage muscle and bodybuilding.com. So lots of free workouts and free nutrition advice and things like that on those websites, cagemuscle.com and bodybuilding.com. Um, but yeah, and Jim, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me this morning uh, and, and work with my crazy schedule. And I appreciate your flexibility, man. It's been a real, uh, a real pleasure chatting with you this morning. I, I really, yeah, appreciate man, the it. honor's all mine. Absolutely. I, and you're welcome, but I, I really appreciate the same thing because I know you're really busy. I know you, you've had a lot of interviews that you're doing. So uh, I'm very uh, humbled that you take the time. So thank you. Yeah, man. Absolutely. This is something worthwhile, and I'm excited to listen to more of the episodes. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. All right. I know you got to get going, so have a good one. All right, brother. All right, thank bye. you, man. As warrior dads, we got to tackle a lot of things, but tackling low testosterone levels should definitely not be one of them. Uh, we need to keep our testosterone at peak levels, and that is absolutely crucial for all of us. So I'm sure you know all the horrible things associated with low T levels. If you don't, it's definitely not pretty. Uh, it's Google search away. But unfortunately, testosterone levels in men have been consistently decreasing over the last two decades. And it's actually one of the biggest conversations I have to have when working with men, which is why I decided to create the Warrior Dads Testosterone Booster Guide and Checklist. It's a free download. And all you have to do is go to checklist.warriordads.com. Uh, just download it, start, start implementing it, and start to feel the difference. So again, go to checklist.warriordads.com and get your free copy now. Hey guys, thanks for tuning into this episode of the Warrior Dads podcast. If you like this podcast and want to support it, please subscribe, leave comments, and share it with someone you think would benefit from listening as well. Thanks again, and keep on being a warrior dad.